Welcome to the John Lennon Hour. John Lennon once said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream, but a dream you dream together is a reality. Five years ago, Charles Snap had a dream, a dream of bringing the tiny, fading city of Walnut Ridge back to health again, of restoring their boarded-up buildings and revitalizing the chip paint and turning the lights in Walnut Ridge back on again. He had a dream of creating tourist attractions and bringing throngs of people into his hometown. He dreamed of doing something, something to bolster the economy of Walnut Ridge, to turn heads, to lure people back to his tiny town in northern Arkansas, a community that sat on the edge of the Ozark Mountains. But it was a dream he dreamed alone. Then a few others in Walnut Ridge joined him, and they came up with the idea of a metal sculpture guitar so large that it could be seen from outer space, of using Walnut Ridge's location on the rock and roll highway to promote its roots in rhythm and blues and rock and roll and bluegrass. Someone remembered and mentioned the fact that the Beatles, had even landed in Walnut Ridge in 1964 when they were en route to Reed Pigman's hideaway in the Ozarks when they were trying to get just a little bit of rest and relaxation in that hard day's night. And Charles remembered how his mom had forced him to give up a perfectly good game of basketball to go see those mop tops. This is history, Charles, his mother had told him, dragging him almost by the collar to the event. And it had been history, and it was, and it is. And that one event touched the life of his sister, Carrie May, and her best friends. We'll talk about that fascinating story in just a few moments. And that one event flicked a switch in adult Charles Snap's mind, and he started wondering if that might not be the answer to Walnut Ridge's need for an attraction. He wondered if he and his friends might not create a festival celebrating that day and the Beatles and the music and the heritage and the culture of the Rock and Roll Highway, that birthright that pervades every boy and girl who lives in northern Arkansas. And slowly, gradually, with a lot of planning, with a lot of donations, with a lot of asking for funds and giving of funds, the good people of Walnut Ridge created Beatles at the Ridge, an annual festival that was rated by USA Today as one of the 10 best places in the world, in the world, to learn about the Beatles. Now, as we said on last week's show, Beatles at the Ridge is so many things. It is a music festival music all day long. It's also a county fair with duck calling and karate demonstrations, a local talent show and crafts, and it's also the host of one of the finest Beatles symposiums in America. And tonight, you are going to hear from four of the most respected, distinguished authors and artists and experts who make up the festival's two-day symposium, and who make it a true learning experience. 
Each of the people you're about to meet have written scholarly books about the Beatles. They have their own radio shows, and in some cases, they have their own Beatles websites housing historical information that you can find nowhere else. Look, these people are the cream of the crop. They know they're Beatles. But as the very blessed chairperson of the symposium, let me say that I didn't invite these people to the symposium because they're scholarly, which they are, or learned, which they are, but they were invited to participate in the two days of panel discussions, presentations, and live radio shows because they are vivacious, warm, friendly, and interesting. The kind of people who can make Charles Snap's dream into a reality. So, all together now, all together now, we're working to create what I know is going to be the time of your life, September 18th and 19th, when two artists, seven authors, and one internationally known filmmaker converge on Walnut Ridge to make that dream come true. So we're going to meet them, and we're going to find out what each one of them has planned for the exciting weekend of September 18th and 19th, Beatles at the Ridge. Now, my first guest has written three books, and it's so hard to describe them because they combine music history, stories, and trivia with recipes. It's called the Recipe Record Series, and to call these books cookbooks is to minimize what they do because that's not what they do. They're works of art. We'll talk about them in a minute. This author's also written a new kid adult. You've heard that term lately, kid adult book called Little Dog in the Sun that she'll be sharing live at the Ridge. And and she has her own talk show on Blog Talk Radio that just hosted filmmaker Seth Swirsky. And next week is hosting Ivor Davis, who toured with the Beatles in 1964. She is multi-talented, articulate, and vivacious. She's my friend. My buddy, Lena Stagg. Lena, are you still there? Yes, I am, and I am smiling from ear to ear. This has just been so great to hear everything that you're saying, and and um, you've just filled my head up. I don't know if I can fit back into the to the other room now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you do so many special things, and it's so hard to describe your books because they have recipes in them, and they have so much more. So tell people about recipe records and also Little Dog in the Sun and what you're going to offer festgoers that nobody else in that symposium is going to offer. Well, I will start with trying to explain the whole Recipe Records cookbook series. It is a it is a cookbook, yes, and the book was written with the intent to share our passion for music. And we would say many times it's really all about the music, but the recipes are pretty darn rocking. And when we <laughs> When when we uh, we were foodies and we loved food and whenever you would you know when you go to a restaurant you always hear music in the background so food accompanies music and music accompanies food so right. it seemed like a perfect blend for us to write this cookbook and we wrote it with 
all kinds of of music in mind, blues, rock, country. It it just sort of spans several decades and genres. And the recipes have clever titles and and they're twisted into uh, song titles or band names. And so that that's how we how we wrote the book. And once we we had that one out there, the original recipe records, which has about 150 delicious recipes in it. Once yeah. we had that out there, we decided to do a 60s book and went through and and sort of researched some hip recipes that you would have eaten in the 60s. Uh, mm-hmm. Jello molds <laughs> were huge <laughs> and uh, cream puffs. So yeah. we 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 combined the 60s because the 60s was so interesting. You at the beginning of the 60s, you still had that naive um feeling of food being very the the food hour was was very set and very scheduled and and then by the end of the 60s, you had microwaves and you had drive-throughs and and people were socially, you know, so many changes had happened within um our social um our social way and then music had changed yeah just as drastically from the beginning of the 60s until the end of the 60s so that book is is has some historical information in it as well as the fun of the food and the music then obviously the beatles cookbook is is dedicated to the Beatles, and all of the recipes have to do with the Fab Four. At my um, Lunch and Learn program at Beatles at the Ridge, which I am so excited. I I think about it constantly, every day, and (laughs) I'm so excited to be there because the people in Walnut Ridge are so excited and they are so open to to learning everything about the Beatles. This is a, a small town in Arkansas that isn't exposed to maybe the you know the the Beatle festivals of Chicago and Louisville right. and New York, and the everyone is just so kind and welcoming and especially the snap family they've just been so kind and and this is the third year i've been involved and i feel so honored to be there and and be able to share my passion with with everyone as well i know um at the lunch and learn everyone is invited to bring bring food jude and i think that yeah. They have a lot of food booths there that you can oh absolutely pick mm-hmm. up something something there and bring it in. However, I might have to have someone bring something for me. <laughs> but um, we're going to eat and we're going to talk about what's in the Beatles cookbook. But mainly, we're going to focus on a recipe for Savoy truffles, which. Savoy Truffle was a song off the White Album, or it was actually called The Beatles, and there is a story behind it. So we're going to talk about the story of how George Harrison wrote Savoy Truffle, and I'll be explaining the recipe, how I made the Savoy Truffles. There's 
four different flavors, and maybe you can guess why there's four different flavors. But we'll maybe talk about you that. don't like one of them and think it should be changed to something nicer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> go <Yeah>. ahead. Okay. okay. <laughs> and we're going to also have some trippy pink punch, and we're going to play music. I have a fabulous um, musician that is going to actually play Savoy Truffle live for us. So that'll be a, a really great uh, treat for everyone. I'm going to have a drawing for one of these great T-shirts that I've um, come across this this summer. And I have an artist friend who did the artwork for Little Dog in the Sun. And he also created a watercolor image um that he titled Beatles Cafe, and it is just as charming as you can imagine. And mm-hmm. I'm going to give away a Beatles Cafe T-shirt and a Beatles cookbook during the lunch and learn, so um, everybody will enjoy having that opportunity as well. So you're gonna you're gonna sh- make the Savoy truffles. You're gonna let everybody sample four different flavors. You're gonna have a musician playing the song Savoy truffles. Talk about the history of it, man. That's a lot. That is a really great lunch and learn. And then you're gonna finish with something super special, right? That's right. I released published a children's book, and it is. You were absolutely correct in saying it was a kid-alt book because it appeals to children, but it is just as appealing to adults. And it is called Little Dog in the Sun. The inspiration for the book came from when I, my my best friend and I had written our first cookbook together, and she, she became ill and, and passed away unexpectedly. And the that hit me very hard as you know John was very stricken with the loss of his best friend Stu and he lost his mother Paul lost his mother they all lost Brian and so you know everyone has dealt with loss and so I wrote the story about this dog that this puppy that came to live with me against my will and I I just started to notice that that she started to heal my heart and she she allowed me to I felt like she was was telling me to look for the sun and so that yeah. is how the story came about and John Fuchs did brilliant artwork to go along with it and so so we are planning to hopefully We'll have lots of children come to the lunch and learn, and hopefully they will be, they'll probably be all hopped up on sugar from the truffles, and um, maybe they'll be able to sit still and while I uh, read the book to to the kids. I'm really, really looking forward to that. I know we have donated many copies of the book to the Walnut Ridge Library, so I'm really, um, really excited to to reach reach those people that are acquainted That's with be great. it. So yeah, gonna they're going to love that. It's such a special book, and it's really going to touch the hearts of everybody who's there that day. Well, we are almost out of time, but I want 
to know, and you and I have been friends for such a long time, but we've never talked about this. How did you become a Beatles fan? What What's your Beatles story? I don't particularly have any any story um, that would be interesting. Kid O'Toole has a great story about how she got hooked on the Beatles. I love that her story. You'll have to ask her. It's in her book. <laughs> and yeah. I I always listen to the Beatles. I my dad used to always whistle Paperback Writer when he was Aww. making breakfast on the weekend. And I remember that I have that memory. And and we had some Beatles records and I remember them being around, but I never really um got into them until actually my children were little. And the the one CD came out and and I bought it and my kids got hooked on it and and it just led me to to want to learn more and more I yeah. was always a Fairweather fan but but that was another thing that inspired me with my cookbook is I wanted to be able to reach the Fairweather fans and mm-hmm. let them know there's more to the Beatles than than just she loves you and yeah 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 so right um. So, so that's that's where it came from. It's not a not an elaborate Kit O'Toole story. Well, it doesn't always have to be a road to Damascus story, you know. <laughs> At, but you know, I, I love as a food image. You are going to show people that there are so many layers to that onion, and as you peel the layers away, there's much more to the Beatles than just that first appearance. And your books do that. And I recommend to anyone going to the Ridge, make sure that you come by and meet Lena in her booth on Author's Row on Saturday outside. If it rains, we'll be in the studio uh, on Main Street most of the day. But come by and meet her and chat with her and look at these very unusual books. She doesn't have a wine list that goes with each recipe. She has a music list, a song list, music you can play while you're making the recipe. And her tastes are highly eclectic. You will love these, and you will be enchanted by Little Dog in the Sun. So I will see you in just a few days, my friend in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. I I just cannot wait. I am so looking forward to it, and it has been such an honor to be included in this, and your your work for the festival is top-notch. I'm just in awe of everything that you do. Thank you so much, Jude. Thank you. Thank you, and I can't wait for people to enjoy that lunch and learn. They're going to love every second of it, and think about changing that lemon tart to a sweet lemon tart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. We might have to do a, a an underground poll. <laughs> okay, my friends, see you in a few days. Beatles at the Ridge, here we come. Rock and roll. See ya. Rock and roll. Thank you so much. Now, my next two guests are a team. They are definitely a dynamic duo. And I listened today to their brilliant podcast, Something About the Beatles, and I am already hooked. It is well-researched. It is beautifully engineered. They, unlike Blog Talk Radio, they are allowed to play music, and they had uh, the episode that I heard was Brian Epstein's story, and there was John talking his uh, about Brian and, and his famous quote of what, about what Brian meant to them. It is informative, witty, erudite, everything that you would want a Beatles podcast to be. And both of these gentlemen have wonderful stories as authors. The first one, Richard Buskin, is a New York Times bestselling author with more than 
30, 30 books to his credit. Not all, of course, about the Beatles, but his Beatles books are impressive. And if you are a Beatles uh, writer, researcher, collector, I guarantee you, you have them in your library. John Lennon, His Life and Legend, not just a coffee table book, but a great book with wonderful information, Beatles 101. And one book that I think is so misnamed, it's called The Complete Idiot's Guide to the Beatles. But I'll tell you from my research in the John Lennon series, I find very intricate details in that book that I find in, in other books that appear to be much more extensive. It's very well done. Richard Buskin's Beatles books, and he is part of that team. The other half of that team is my longtime friend Robert Rodriguez, just as respected. He started out with a series called Fab Four FAQ, which he, he penned the first one with his friend Stuart Shea, and then he did Fab Four FAQ 2.0 on his own, I believe. Then he wrote two books that really changed my attitude about the Beatles. I am a Beatles Live at the BBC, uh, Please Please Me Girl, Early Beatles. And I never really had much use for the Beatles after about 1965. I thought they'd lost their minds. Then I read his book, Revolver, How the Beatles Reimagined Rock and Roll and really began to understand that they didn't always have to be fab, but they could be creative studio artists. And his other book, Solo in the 70s, which studies every aspect of the Beatles' solo careers, this duo, each, about every two weeks, it doesn't seem to be exactly on the money, but about every two weeks, has the excellent podcast, Something About the Beatles, and they are bringing it to Beatles at the Ridge. So let's bring them onto the show and hear a little bit more about that. Richard, are you with us? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you for having me. Well, let's see if we have Richard with us. Hopefully, this other caller is Richard. And no, this is Richard. are you there? Oh, I mean, Robert. Robert, are you there? I am here, Jude. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you both for being here. I appreciate it so much. So I heard your podcast today for the first time, and now it's like you've given me that free drug because I am so hooked. It's, it is beautiful and it's brilliant. When did you start doing it? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, we actually started it as sort of a thought experiment in the fall of 2013 when the first wave of the 50th anniversaries of things started to happen, and that was sort uh -huh. of the beginning of the build-up to the Ed Sullivan in early 2014, 50th anniversary. But in the fall of 2013, it was 50th of the London Palladium performance, the Royal Variety, with the Beatles coming out, I Want to Hold Your Hand. You know, things were really starting to hit this nostalgic crest. And basically the idea of the show, because it really is a discussion, it's, it's a talk right. show. It's not like um, there are other podcasts out there that will pick an album and analyze it or you know an event, something like that. What we did is we wanted to see if people were really interested in what had been our private reality. You know, Richard has been having these conversations with his good friend Mark Lewison for years where they just dissect the minutia of the Beatles, you know, as if they're right. family members. And I've had similar ones with my Beatle hardcore friends that I surround myself that are less famous. And, um, you know, when me and Richard started, you know, hanging out and talking together and just being Beatle geeks together, it occurred to us at some point that the discussions we would have for hours on end on the phone 
you know, it, it just, we wished we could preserve them because there'd be such great lines of discussion. And then we thought, right. well, you know, why don't we try this out as a podcast and see if anybody's interested? And it just it became a thing over time. You know, we didn't know if people would be interested, in, but it got legs and we started getting some of our friends on, um, like Mark Lewison or Alan Cozen and Al Sussman, people we knew that could talk Beatles yeah. to great depth. And um, it just started getting legs on its own. And here we are now. You know, we've been doing it now about a year and a half. And you know, it's getting a lot more serious now. As you said, we try to get a couple episodes in a month. And uh, that's kind of the goal. And it just rolls on from here. Because there's no limit to subjects to talk about with the Beatles. We've got a long oh, absolutely way from drilling yeah, as well. Yeah, there are so many things you can explore. Now, Richard, you grew up in London, but you live in Chicago now. How did you and Robert get together? Well, um, I was uh, doing a book. I think it was actually on Michael Jackson, um, and it was for a publisher um, who Robert was working for here in Chicago. And mm-hmm. uh, we just, you know, met up one day and started talking, and he told me about the books he'd done, and... Uh, we just started hanging out, as, as he said, and it really did, you know, flow from that idea of the great conversations that we had with our respective Beatle geek friends and authors. Right. Um, and, you know, we had the same kind of, we found that there are lots of subjects that we actually, you know, share an interest in, not just the Beatles. Um, but, you know, with the Beatles stuff, it, it's great because I've got the British perspective. I mean, I've lived in America for 20 years now, but, mm-hmm. um, first, you know, the first 36 years of my life were in the UK, so I could bring that perspective to it of being a fan, you know, from the beginning in the UK, and Robert brings the American perspective, and uh, another thing that's been sort of very popular with our shows um, recently has been a bit of sort of jousting between us, because, you know, we don't always agree on everything, uh, Right. you know, there's, there's, there's no animosity between us, but we do disagree vehemently on certain things. Um, one of the things people have really been tuning into is uh, our disagreements about the solo careers of John Lennon and Paul McCartney. And mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of fun with that, you know, where we disagree about things, but, you know, we have a good laugh about it as well. And I think that's a, a large feature of our shows is, is the humor. There's a lot of humor. Yeah, I listened this afternoon. You were debating whether it was Davies or Davis, and and uh, Robert was telling you, well, this is how they pronounce it in England, and you were saying, no, it's not. And I was like, okay, they're they're really getting into it. I I love to hear the two of you banter about the um, Hard Day's Night LP and which version you prefer of the Hard Day's Night LP. And, you know, because there's great controversy about that. And the same thing with Help. Well, any of the LPs, really, if you prefer Parlophone or Capital. And I I bet you two can really bring it in that area. Well, yeah, it's very interesting because as a a, a fan that's sort of, uh, I think it's referred to as, generation and a half, first generation and a half. I was too young to experience the Beatles in real time, unlike Richard, who was a fan from Hearing She Loves You in 63. Right. You know, my fandom came about 10 years later when the Red and the Blue albums came out, and that was my gateway. But I didn't experience them in real time, so I had an interesting perspective. You know, the Beatles' career had come and gone by the time I'd become a fan. And naturally, being an American, living in Chicago, I was, you know, raised, as it were, on the Capitol albums. 
But that did not yeah. make me chauvinistic about them, like, well, these are the first albums I heard, therefore they're the standard in my mind. No, because once I did start to hear the British imports, it's like, ah, this is what I've been waiting for. So, you know, on the one hand, it's steeped in my subconscious, the flow and the song collections of the American albums, plus all the echo and all the nonsense that was done to them. But right. I had enough respect for their artistry to really appreciate and wrap my head around the British ones and see them as sort of the true you know, standard of what the Beatles' artistic intents were. That said, you know, we do have different perspectives, and I, I think Richard may be having a certain set of expectations, and I don't want to speak for him, but, you know, having experienced the Beatles while they were still happening, you know, maybe has a different perspective than I do as somebody whom, you know, they were passing into history as I was uncovering their story. And that's what right. makes for such an interesting dynamic between us is it doesn't yeah. matter what time you enter the the story and start picking up on it, but it does suggest there's a different perspective on, you know, at what point did you enter the picture, you know, how you're going to see things. And, you know, luckily we're both so steeped in it that we can speak about it with some authority. And it's not just somebody, you know, shooting their mouth off that thinks they know something. You know, we've actually got the bona fides to back it up. Absolutely. It was your discussion today was fantastic. And I just I noticed, Richard, the one that you're referring to, the John and Paul one was a recent one that you just aired and it looks like it's fantastic. So something about the Beatles. You you are going to do something very special at Beatles at the Ridge. Richard, tell them about that. Yeah. Yes, it's gonna be we think this will be an appropriate subject, the Beatles Southern Roots. Uh Ooh. You know, they, they, apart from rock and roll, or in addition to rock and roll, I should say, when they were growing up, the Beatles were steeped in many forms of music, from blues to country to R&B. And the country aspect, you know, is, is huge with the Beatles. Uh, Ringo Starr was a huge country and Western fan. George Harrison was, you know, a big fan, as were the other Beatles, of artists such as Cole Perkins. And, you know, if you listen to the Beatles for Sale album, it's really steeped in their country influences. And right, you can hear sure. lots of, you know, George Harrison's Chet Atkins-style licks all over that mm -hmm. album. Um, I also, you know, I remember seeing George as part of the Carl Perkins and Friends uh, TV show that was taped in London in 1985. And, you know, there was George again plunging into the rockabilly world. So it, it's a rich subject. And, you know, even on the Beatles' White Album, you've got Ringo d doing Don't Pass Me By, which is a right. very countrified number. So, you know, this isn't a kind of tenuous link. I mean, this is a very vital aspect of their career. And, you know, we're, we think and we hope that this will be of great interest to the people attending the Ridge Fest. It definitely will be, and you're going to do that podcast live from the fest yes. on Saturday morning. I believe you're at 10.30, is that correct? That's yes. correct. 10.30 to 11.30. So, um, Robert, walk us through this. You'll have the people will gather, and will they be able to participate or ask questions? How will this play out on Saturday morning? Yeah, well, this is something we're starting to have a little bit more experience in as far as taping our podcast in front of a live audience. 
we did that in Chicago at the recently completed Fest for Beatles fans, and in fact, is the newest episode we've posted where we had our Lennon-McCartney solo discussion. And it's something we want to do more of because it's a different experience. I mean, we can have our conversations in the studio, but when you've got a live audience there, it definitely, I think, sharpens your game a little bit, and we mm-hmm. like getting the input. And that's why we're so active in social media with a Facebook page. People will ask us questions online and uh, have suggestions for show themes. We run with this mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it's great to have because we see it as a conversation. We're not there to have a monologue or to you know preach to an audience. We're there to have an exchange of ideas and and that sort of thing. So, given the theme we're having of the Beatles' Southern roots, there's so much rich topics to talk about. You know, Richard mentioned some of them as far as influences, but there's also, you know, George is wanting to use a Chet Atkins-style guitar. There is the songwriting, Arthur Alexander, you know, being up right. the South, a great influence on them as songwriters. You know, it's like limitless. And, you know, actually, we're going to be hard-pressed to cover the complete, you know, subject in an hour's time. But we do welcome people to come and, you know, Share in the conversation. You know, give us some questions, and we'll run with that. And you know, it'll really be dictated. the The contents of the show will be dictated by who turns up and you know what they want to know about, what they want to talk about. And I'll make a suggestion to our listeners: if you know that you will be attending the podcast live on Saturday morning, go to the Beatles at the Ridge Facebook page, or go to uh, Richard and Robert's Facebook page, which I'm assuming is called something about the Beatles. Am I right? That's correct. Okay, and tell them, you know, I would like to know this question about the Beatles' Southern Roots. Post it now, and I'll give you a link tonight on the Beatles at the Ridge page where you can post your question and let them know ahead of time so they can really start, you know, digging into it. It's going to be a fascinating morning. Are you going to do any specials with your books, any giveaways, contests, or anything like that for the Ridge? Absolutely. Yeah, um, We're going to have a bit of a raffle, right, Richard? Yes, we are. Um, we, we, you know, people who do attend the live podcast, um, they're all going to be given a sort of, you know, a ticket or a number, and we'll, we'll draw, um, you know, and the winners will basically get a copy of, I don't know what book Robert's going to be having, but my Beatles 101, The Need to Know Guide, which is my most recent Beatles book, um, I'll be giving away a free signed copy of that. Yeah, Excellent. and I'll have four of my titles there, the two FAQ books you mentioned, Solo in the 70s, as well as Revolver, How the Beatles Reimagined Rock and Roll. And also we have a special treat that we're debuting at the Ridge, and that is our 2016 calendar, which features original artwork, drawings of the Beatles, done by our executive producer, Rick Way. If you go to our site, somethingaboutthebeatles.com, you can see every episode we post has a unique piece of artwork that goes along with the theme. So we put together a calendar that's filled with the dates of Beatle history throughout the year, as well as not just 12 images to accompany each month, but we put 24 in. So you have a choice of what piece of art you want to display for a given month next year. So we'll be having that for sale, but we'll also give away a signed copy as well. And what's the price on on the calendar? It'll be $15. And if people can't make it to Beatles at the Ridge, how can they get that calendar? They will be able to find the uh, link for ordering on our Facebook page or on our site, somethingaboutthebeatles.com. Great. That is great. Well, I am thrilled to have both of you coming to Beatles at the Ridge. People are going to be so excited to be part of the history that is your podcast that morning. 
1030 in the studio on Main Street, Walnut Ridge. Get there a little bit early and get settled in because they are going to be live on air right at 1030. Thank you both so very much. I can't wait to see you in just a few days. Yeah, Great talking to you, Jude, and thank you so that. much for all you've done. Yeah, oh, I appreciate you, it. I, I, it will be a great time had by all. See you soon. Take care, See you. Too. Thank you, thank you. Well, finally tonight, we have a newcomer to the Beatles author stage. Now, new to the Beatles author stage, but definitely not a newcomer to Beatles research, and to the intricate, sometimes tedious, but very important task of archiving Beatles history. Sarah Schmidt is the creator of an ingenious website called Meet the Beatles for Real, meetthebeatlesforreal.com, where people who actually, what it says, met the Beatles for real can tell their stories and post their pictures. And this isn't something that's just done randomly and anyone can make up a story. She researches it. She makes sure that it's true. She checks the veracity of each story and hundreds of stories that have never seen the light of day that aren't in books, that aren't told over and over again, can be found on this wonderful website. She also houses the largest repository of Beatles photos in the world, and she tells the stories of those photos and gives those photos a chance to be used by researchers for their own work. On top of that, she is writing her own book called Happiness is Seeing the Beatles, which will be out next year, and we'll let her tell you a little bit more about that book. Her name is Sarah Schmidt. Let's see if Sarah's with us. Are you there, Sarah? Hi, Jude. Can you hear me? I can. Welcome to the show. Great. Well, thanks for having me here. It's great to be on on the show with such amazing Beatle people. I'm telling you, what a cast we have. It, isn't it just the best group of people ever imagined. Oh, it is. I'm I'm really amazed at how many people are going to be there. I can't wait. Yeah, and we still have last week's show was Anthony Robostelli, Rand Kessler, and Dr. Kent O'Toole. So we, we really are fortunate to have such a loving and giving group. And then next week, Ivor Davis, who will be our featured author, and Seth Swirsky, our featured artist. So I don't know what else people could ask for for the price of, oh, wait a minute, it's free. It's <laughs> free. <laughs> it's free. It's so free. Well, tell people what you're going to be doing at Beatles at the Ridge because you are our kickoff for Saturday morning the 19th. You are going to get the party started. Tell them what you're going to be doing in the studio. Well, I'm going to be doing a presentation about the Beatles and the Ozarks. And I'm going to tell the story of how the Beatles came to Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, and have some people there who actually saw the Beatles in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, and also talk about what did they do when they left Walnut Ridge. They went down to Alton, Missouri. And um, for my book, I've been talking to some folks who met the Beatles down there. I'm going to share a little of their stories. I'm going to have some super rare photos that, haven't been seen a million times that I'm going to show. And I'm going to interview then, you know, after they left Alton, Missouri, the Beatles came back to Walnut Ridge, and that's when Carrie May and a lot of her friends got to see them, and I'm going to be having them share their story. 
Uh, it is, if you've never heard people, our, to our listeners, Carrie May Snap tell the story of how her mother made it possible for her to meet the Beatles. It's riveting. It's riveting. I've told her a thousand times it has to be a book, and it really ought to be a movie. So Sarah is going to be encouraging these people to speak out and to share their stories, and that's what you do on your website. How many stories, Sarah, do you think you have on your website that, that have not been told in other sources? Oh, I have no idea, Jude. Um, like a lot of the stories I get directly from old magazines that haven't uh-huh. – didn't have a lot of circulation, so that's where a lot of the stories come from, but probably hundreds of stories that aren't well known. And this is history, and, and we have to it say is. this because I'm so proud of it, and I know you're proud of it, but we've got to say it. Who visits your site on a weekly basis to get some of these stories for his research? Well, Mr. Mark Lewison tells me that he visits my page and that he learns new things from it. That, like, blows so, my mind because I've learned new things from him about the Beatles forever. Yeah, yeah, but your your website really is excellent, and I use it in my research all the time. In fact, I'm doing Thank research you. right now on the Beatles' North American tour, and you'll probably notice I keep going back and forth to get information and to check sources and so forth. Now tell us about this new book, because you won't have it this year, but next year at Beatles at the Ridge, you will be premiering your brand-new book, Happiness is Seeing the Beatles. Tell us about it. Well, Happiness of Seeing the Beatles is the story of the Beatles in St. Louis and Beatlemania in St. Louis, with the main part of the book being the concert the Beatles gave on August 21st, 1966. So next year will be the 50th anniversary of this infamous concert. And it's infamous because the Beatles, and Paul McCartney especially, called it the worst gig they ever gave. Wow. So that's... Give us a hint why, just one thing that made it the worst. Well, you know, the Beatles sang a song called Rain around that time, and that's what happened in St. Louis. Ooh, not good. Not good. It was not good for the Beatles, but it was amazing for the people that were there. (laughs) Well, I can't wait, and I know that you've been busy trying to collect photos from these people who actually were at the concert, the people who met the Beatles for real, and, and really putting things into the book that are fresh right. and new and give a, a new perspective. Did you find out anything that absolutely floored you or shocked you? Yes, a few things, but I have to keep those a secret for now. Good, good. So we are going to see some things we've never seen before. Yes. I want to say that if anyone out there who's going to be at the Ridge has a story about seeing the Beatles in concert in St. Louis and wants it included in my book, that weekend is the absolute last chance for you to get your story in because I've already sent my rough first rough draft to an editor. But I can probably squeeze in a couple more little tidbits, if, so that's the absolute last chance. And that weekend, other than giving you these stories for the last time, will people be able to give you their email and name and address and so forth and start to pre-register for the book. I I don't know if you'll be pre-selling it, but can they get on a mailing list? Yes, I'm going to start up a mailing list so people, if they want to give me their names, emails, or addresses so I can get information to them about about the book when it gets closer. 
Well, good deal. Now, you know, I, I know that you are a John girl, and I know that you have such a passion for Beatles history, but in all these years of knowing you, I've never heard your Beatles story. How did you become a Beatles fan? Well, it's it's kind of interesting, I guess. Um, you know, I'm a second-generation fan, right? So I'm an 80s girl. Right. And in the late 80s, I loved the New Kids on the Block. Yeah, I still love the new kids on the block. So Joe McIntyre, if you're out there, I'm still here. <laughs> so I was like 13, 12, 13, 14, and I would go to my friend Melissa's house, and we, and we would stay up all night you know, watching new kids on the block videos. Her right. mom, her mom Freda, would just laugh and say that that we reminded her of her when she was that age and how she felt about the Beatles, and I just wanted to know more. So I would sit up, and Melissa would go to bed, and I would sit up, and Freda would tell me her wonderful stories of seeing the Beatles in St. Louis in concert, and just oh. the love she had, especially for John Lennon, and would show me videos and books, and I was just amazed and, and couldn't, couldn't get enough information. Oh, that just gives me goosebumps because you're continuing her story on, and her, her story didn't die. It just goes on with you. Yeah, and Freda, you know, she was so sweet to to let me interview her for my book and to share her stories of winning contests to see the Beatles in Chicago and seeing the Beatles in St. Louis. So it was really a treat to go back to her house and interview her. It really is a treat. Well, I was able to meet your father in Chicago. I've, I've known your mom, Carl, for a long time, wonderful, sweet, great person but i met your dad for the first time and found out he too loves music but it's barbershop music do you think we'll ever convert him to the beatles you know i've been trying for years he saw he's been to one paul concert and one ringo concert but i don't think he, he's interested in going again <laughs> but he well, will pretty, be at beatles at good. the ridge because he's driving me okay good deal well we are going to look forward to it are you going to be giving away any Anything special, any uh, any contests, anything that you're running for the weekend in your booth? Oh, yeah. You know, when I go to these things, I'm always looking for free stuff, because if it's free, yeah. then it's for me. Yeah. So <laughs> I have pencils that say meetthebeatlesforreal.com that anybody can come and take. I'm happy to give them away. I'm also going to have a raffle, and I have just a slew of great Beatles stuff I'm giving away, a magazine about the Beatles and the Ozarks, a Beatles help poster, some Beatles pins, just, I, I, oh, and a $10 Amazon gift card. So you got to enter this oh, wow. raffle. Just come and fill out to be on my mailing list, and you're in. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. You know, you and I talked about the fact that you're giving away Beatles, Meet the Beatles for Real pencils, and I'm giving away John Lennon series pens. And I tried to get Dr. Kid O'Toole to give away a kit that they could put the pen and the pencil in, but I don't think she's doing it. Well, she's got the bags. <laughs> we can so talk about a kit. That, that kind of goes together. Yeah, that's what we'll call that, the kit from now on. Yeah, that will be the kit. I love it. Well, we cannot wait for your panel discussion. So, people, if you're listening and you have a story about the Beatles in St. Louis, make sure that you get to Sarah's booth on Saturday in Authors Row and give her your story. Get to her 9 a.m. kickoff for Beatles at the Ridge. She's going to be talking about those 
people that went to the airport and actually met the Beatles for real at Walnut Ridge, the whole reason that we have the Beatles at the Ridge Fest. And you're also going to be sharing with them a little bit about your new book when you're there that morning as well, won't you? Oh, sure. Sure, I can talk. Yeah. I can talk about it all day. If anybody wants to come and talk about it at my booth, too, I can talk about the Beatles all day. Well, that is great, and we are looking forward to it, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming to the festival and for being on the show tonight. I'm really excited. I can't wait. Okay, see you in just a few days. Drive carefully. All right, see you then. Okay, thank you so much. Well, there you have it, everybody. Four of the seven authors who are going to share their research, their wisdom, their wit, their camaraderie, their ability to tell a great story and make you feel as if you're actually there with John, Paul, George, and Ringo. You've met all of them tonight. And if you did not get to hear last week's show, because we had severe technical difficulties, we had, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, three great artists and authors who will also make up Beatles at the Ridge. Anthony Rovastelli, gifted musician who wrote the book, I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, 1962-63, and who's actually played on stage with Paul McCartney. We had Dr. Kid O'Toole with her brand new book, Songs We Were Singing, which examines the Beatles' lesser-known tracks and is just a fascinating way to learn more about the Beatles' music. In fact, she suggests at the front of the book that you put on headphones, play your Beatles' music as you're reading her chapters. Great book. First edition, we're going to be giving her the official book release party for songs we were singing on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock in the studio on Main Street, so don't miss that. And finally, last week's show included Rand Kessler, my husband, a very gifted pen and ink, charcoal, photography, and mixed media artist who is creating symbolic mixed media sculptures of the Beatles as well as exhibiting his Doors of Liverpool art poster and selling copies and his Shine On t-shirts with the hand-drawn pen and ink picture of the Beatles. So go back and hear that archive show from last week and find out about these three fascinating people. Now next week, Beatles at the Ridges, two featured authors, Ivor Davis and myself, and Beetle at the Ridges featured artist, filmmaker Seth Swirsky will be on the program. We're going to find out how Seth made the film Beatles Stories and how Ivor lived the experiences that led to his book, The Beatles and Me on Tour. So until next Thursday night on the 9, make your plan to attend Beatles at the Ridge. Go back and listen to last week's show and get to know these three authors and plan for the weekend of September 18th and 19th in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, where free admission, free parking, and a plethora of Beatles experts are going to make it one of the best weekends you've ever experienced. Come and make Charles Snap's dream come true because the dream that we dream together is a reality. <laughs> Ta-ra and shine on.